0: Hey everybody! And welcome to episode four of Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's new podcast, where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're talking with Emily Auerbach, the director of the Edible Campus Project, which has turned UNC Chapel Hill's campus into an edible landscape. So you created this Edible Campus Project back when you were a student here at Carolina before graduating in 2015, and then you came back as a Chancellor's Fellow to kind of keep the ball rolling and see how far you could take this project. So let's kind of start with the basics and explain what is the concept behind this Edible Campus project.
1: The concept is extremely simple, which is one of the things I like best about it. We all know that we have these beautiful landscapes around us all the time, the perfectly mown lawns, the really nice looking azaleas and holly bushes that line our yards. And for people who are interested in environmental issues, for people who are interested in how we use our land, It's a pretty simple step to say, well, if we're going to be growing plants, why not use plants we can use? Plants that improve our quality of life in more ways than just providing something to soften our building scape. So that's the basic concept behind edible landscaping. We're already going to be greening up the areas we live and work in. Why not green them up with something that we can use and that can make the world a better place?
0: So have you always been into gardening? Has this always been something you've been doing?
1: No, not at all, actually. I was always an ecologist and always an environmentalist. I spent my whole childhood romping around in the woods and bringing bugs home and trying to grow caterpillars into butterflies with very low levels of success, I should mention. I'm sorry, all the caterpillars who didn't make it. So I've always been a nature girl in some capacity. And the more that I started learning about social issues beyond environmental issues, the more I realized that pretty much everything I was interested in or would ever want to study or personally address came back to food in some way. That food is a really useful and interesting lens through which to view complex problems, whether they be societal or environmental. So I studied environmental science at UNC and I spent pretty much my entire career here focusing on sustainable agriculture and community gardening efforts.
0: So how long has this edible campus concept been around for?
1: In a sense, it's been going on forever because foraging has been a part of human culture for as long as we can tell based on archaeological records. In terms of how the movement has taken shape in the modern era, it really all started in the 70s with the back to the land movement. Bill Mollison, an Australian guy, came up with this whole idea of permaculture, permanent culture this philosophy around land and society that was heavily countercultural, very hippie-inspired, but also had some really interesting concepts of design and land use mixed in that have been really influential. And in fact, over at NC State, where they have a design school and an ag school, you can learn permaculture and study this kind of weird, hippie way of thinking about the world and apply that to our modern world. So in a sense, these concepts have been around forever, In another sense, it all started up in the 70s. And in a third sense, really over the past five to 10 years, have these ideas started coming outside of, you know, obscure web forums and community groups that are a little more on the fringe of society and really moving towards a place of common acceptance and people just starting to think, well, we know we're running out of land. We know we're running out of water. We know we have a lot of hungry people. We know we have a lot of poor people. What can we do to get the most social good and the most environmental good out of every piece of land we've got access to?
0: So looking at Carolina's campus, what's our farming territory? Where can we put these plants that are going to produce food?
1: Your farming territory is everywhere, basically. Rooftops, windows, of course, the ground and planters and foundation plantings, pretty much anywhere at UNC has the capacity to become arable land. The key thing, of course, is that as the director of the Edible Campus Initiative, I've been working really hard to make sure that we're really intentional about where we start. Because even though almost anywhere could with the right plants and the right planning become arable, we definitely wanna start with the low hanging fruit. So I would not recommend that everybody go out, buy 50 blueberry bushes and put them anywhere they want because (laughs) there's a lot of, Properties of the specific locations and also of the people who are passing by that contribute to a successful garden site.
0: So how many sites are there on campus right now that are either already producing food or will produce food soon? We
1: already have nine edible garden sites established across campus and that map is available on our website. So we've been organizing the program around big community planting days in addition to just basic maintenance through service learning programs and partnerships on campus. So In November, we had our first big community planting day and we established four or five of the sites all in one go. And we had a ton of people, I think it was 84 people, come out to help us get it going. And yeah, we just got over 300 edible plants in the ground in one day. It was a huge effort. And that's where we started off. So we started in front of Lenore Dining Hall in between Lenore and Davis Library, down by Woolen Gym, down on Stadium Drive, and right next to Ramshead Dining Hall as well. And all of the sites that we're establishing are 100% open to the public for foraging. So this is actually a food access project as well, where anybody who is food insecure, or even if you're not food insecure, but you just really want a snack, all of this food is open all the time to the public.
0: I really like this idea of being able to grab a snack on my way to a meeting. What have you guys planted?
1: Oh, boy. We have planted many things so far. Lots and lots of blueberry bushes. They are our workhorses because they are so low-maintenance. They look gorgeous. They look just like azaleas, which is a really common part of our visual language here on campus in the landscape. And, of course, they're delicious and really easy to recognize. And when you tell someone this is a blueberry... They know exactly what that is and what to do with it. So we have so many blueberries. We have thornless blackberries, um, lots of different varieties of persimmons. We have figs. We have pecans. We have rosemary. We have parsley. We have radishes. We have kale. We have collards. We have rainbow chard. I mean, it's it's all over the place.
0: So are any of these sites actually producing food yet? Can I go grab a blueberry after this?
1: You can't go get a blueberry yet because it's too early in the season. But as of late May, blueberries will start coming about. Let's see. The persimmons are a winter fruit. The figs are late summer and fall. You can absolutely go and get salad greens. We've got salad greens growing next to Davis, next to Lenore, next to Woolen, and all of those are just totally ready for you. Go and harvest them tomorrow. We've got herbs that are good to take any time, and we've got a lot of those herbs over by Stacy and Graham residence halls, as well as in front of Sazbee North.
0: So it's really cool to have these sites around campus where I can just grab a blueberry when I walk by, but what's the overall goal to this? What do you want to come from this project?
1: The end game for me is really simple. It's a forageable campus. So we're talking Willy Wonka vision, right? Where you can walk around campus, and not everything, because not every site is well-suited to edible plants, but most of the things you're looking at, they're providing some function beyond just looking beautiful. And wherever you're going on campus, you're going to intercept with something that you can harvest. That's, that's the big vision, that's the big dream, is that it's impossible to get from point A to point B on UNC's campus without being confronted with the opportunity to harvest a snack.
0: I think that's going to be kind of a change in the culture on campus, because I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, my parents always told me not to pick at the plants, not to take leaves off, but now you're kind of welcoming people to pick from these plants and eat.
1: Yeah, I think our biggest ally in changing the culture is that college students love free food, and honestly, if that's all we need to tap into, we'll be fine. The free food list is amazing. Everybody's all about free food. And we're offering a different kind of free food and a free food that you can see go from seed to food as you're just walking on your way to class. So I think that's going to be a huge ally for us. Obviously, we'd like to develop a more comprehensive educational program to start the ball rolling on that educational shift, but that'll come in time.
0: When you talk about Earth Day and really environmental principles in general, there's a lot of talk about sustainability and understanding where your food comes from. You know, how important is it for people to actually know how their food is made and where it comes from? It's
1: incredibly crucial for people to understand where their food comes from. Primarily in the U.S., we focused on an expansionist land policy and agricultural policy where if you run out of resources, it's fine. You just buy the farm next door and start doing exactly what you were doing on a larger scale. Obviously, we have limited land area on planet Earth, and that approach can only take us so far. We can't keep expanding. We need to intensify and we need to get better at growing more food in smaller places. That is crucial not only from a societal perspective where we need to be providing food to you know, 9 billion people, but also from an environmental perspective, how can we grow our food more efficiently? How can we use less land, less water, less energy to provide the same amount of food? It's part of a broader push to get people to reimagine their role in the food system. Right. I think for a lot of people, They grew up not on a farm because their parents or grandparents who had that agricultural experience have since moved to the suburbs or to the city. They probably had a lawn, not a garden. They probably have never been to a farm or a garden. And that doesn't necessarily have to be a problem. I mean, not everybody has to be deeply in touch with their agricultural roots. But it becomes a problem when people are so disconnected from what the food production process looks like, that they can't identify processes that are harmful to people or to animals or to the planet. And that's the point that we've reached now. So many people have so little exposure to the process of food production that it's really difficult for them to develop a set of standards that they think this process should follow. So we see ourselves as part of that broader vision of bringing people a little bit more in touch with where their food comes from so that they feel like they have the agency to assert their own opinions and assert their own power of choice in remaking the food system. Best case scenario, someone's interacting with an edible campus site day after day, and they get to the point where they say, you know what? If this scrappy little blueberry plant can survive on a campus where tens of thousands of people are passing by it every day and it's not getting a ton of tender love and care, I can probably grow some rosemary in a pot in my windowsill and everything will be fine and the world won't come crashing down. And maybe that's the first step. And then that person starts feeling more and more confident. Ultimately, as our society gets more urbanized, people are going to have to start to take charge of their own food production. We can't afford to have a lack of growing space in the places where people are living because we're just running out of land on a, on a global scale. So building up that confidence, building up that sort of literacy with food is essential in every aspect of the food sustainability world and Edible Campus is just one part of that.
0: If you're interested in helping Emily and the rest of the Edible Campus team transform UNC Chapel Hill into an edible landscape, Join them on Earth Day for the final work day of the semester from 10 to noon and help them build some new sites that will eventually produce food on campus. And for more information on the project, check out the website at ediblecampus.web.unc.edu. And don't forget to check back next Wednesday at unc.edu for another episode of Well Said.